I think for any kind of partnership with someone who's really busy, which is everyone is thinking about like, how can you make this the lightest lift imaginable for that person? And how can you be really clear about your ask? Welcome back to the Vitalize Podcast. I'm your host, Justin Gordon, Director of Marketing at Vitalize Venture Capital. On today's episode, we have Amanda Greenberg, co-founder and CEO of Balloon, a research-backed platform that unlocks ideas and feedback from a group by eliminating groupthink and amplifying voices, very building the way teams collaborate, making them more productive, innovative, informed, and inclusive. They also help reduce meeting time by 70%. We dive into a wide variety of things in this episode. Let's get to it. Amanda, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having me, Justin. I'm excited about this. Yes, this is our second time chatting on a podcast. I'm excited to dive in again. It was two years ago when we chatted on the podcast last time. I'm sure things have changed, but I always like to kind of set the table first. What is Balloon doing today for people who aren't familiar with Balloon? What is Balloon, Amanda? Yeah, I'd love to give an overview. So Balloon is a research-backed platform that unlocks ideas, feedback, and insights from a group by eliminating groupthink from collaboration and amplifying unheard voices and doing it in fastest, most efficient way possible, um, all structured around expert-created question sets uh, that we call a flight and a time-box collaborative flow where people and teams are contributing, collaborating, voting, and then you get this surfaced and prioritized list of top ideas, top feedback for teams and companies to make better decisions, drive better outcomes, build better products, et cetera, really giving them their most valuable resource an asset, which are all the ideas locked in people's minds, uh, used by teams and companies of all different sizes, uh, from small, fast-growing startups to large enterprise companies, um, and also used a lot of different ways within those companies, from innovation, market research, retrospectives, planning, meeting replacement, et cetera, et cetera. There's a lot happening here. There is a ton to go through. It's, it's great. It's great. There's a lot. There's so many things to dive into. I think we'll set this. People are going to be curious about like why this company for you. So let's talk about the kind of the founder product fit. Why are you building this company? Like what compelled you to build this company, Amanda? Yeah. Oh my gosh. So many different things. Um, so before founding Balloon, I was a public health researcher. In that role, I really discovered the need for Balloon and the problem that we're working to solve. So uh, systemic, deep-rooted organizational issues cost companies billions. Um, they result in bad decision-making, stalled innovation, tons of wasted time. We all see and experience this every single day in the workplace. It's such a ubiquitous, costly problem, uh, whether it's louder voices, dominating conversations, people holding back their best ideas, their most accurate, honest feedback because of fear, fear of failure, fear of judgment, introverts and others not having space or a psychologically safe space to share. And in a world that's so like over-optimized for how we work together, we haven't really built groups to work in a way that aligns with research. There's hundreds, thousands of studies of how people share information, how they make decisions, all the different types of biases and group dynamics that get in the way, um, but not really build a product um, that aligns with those different pieces. And so I was a researcher. I was at the time a public health researcher and was translating science and research into behavior change campaigns. And uh, when I dug into the research and was shocked to find that we haven't really addressed this in the workplace, I, it, you know, I couldn't look back. I became obsessed with the problem. 
uh, dove in and built the company. I think on a deeper sense, um, I, you know, hate when people are mislabeled or a world where we're overly labeled and people's ideas take different meaning based on who they are. Um, And I grew up the daughter of a a cultural anthropologist who was really focused on how do you listen to communities? How do you get people to amplify their voices? So I think it was really inherent in my upbringing. Um, And my graduate work was really around listening and community listening and community voice. And so I think all of those different pieces together and wanting to build um, a company that drove all that value uh, really was the starting place for for Balloon. Were you familiar at that time? I know your background. Were you familiar with this venture world, which is kind of insane? Okay. Okay. No, No, not at all. I... When I was a public health researcher, and since I was young, I had planned to become a physician and um, work in public health as a public health physician with the ultimate goal of being the Surgeon General. I think we talked about this on the last our last yeah. recording. I can't remember, but I mm-hmm. had I really didn't know um, anything about this about this world. And I grew up also in a small town where you know if you were an exceptional student, you became a doctor or a lawyer or a professor. And I didn't even know kind of what was out there until I went to college and kind of beyond. But it was really a whole different world to me. My co-founder, who's also my husband, Noah, um, had recently completed his master's degree at Carnegie Mellon. And so he, like, we started kind of having some exposure to the tech world, of course, in that way. Um, But, you know, we like dove in and figured it out. I feel like you just like kind of dive in and you figure it out and you navigate the best you can. Yeah, I I love asking that for that exact reason. I knew the background a little bit. I want to know, I want you to say that so people have that context in this interview, but no really experience on this in this venture world. So you, I know we talked about in the last one too, going through like the launch accelerator, for instance, and that experience. And you know, for context for people, we had talked in August of 2020. So it was two years ago, or coming up on two years, you know, the next few months uh, that we had chatted on this yeah. show and we've gone through that already, raised a few million dollars, I believe, uh, at that time. Take me through from that period to now. So we launched our Vitalize Angels community uh, last year in 2021. And you're the first company that basically went through our community. Yay. I was curious on to where, well, thank you, first of all, for that, by the way, like that was like amazing. Like we trust me, we had a lot of talks around this community and plans for like, who's going to be the first one. I'm curious <laughs> for your perspective, getting angels on board, that side of things at that point in the company, why did you want that? What was compelling about that. And I will ask because other founders who are considering yeah. angel investment or you know different stages of the company it might be helpful for them. I'm just curious for you, what was your perspective around why you wanted to go that route anyways? Yeah. I mean, I think for our company in particular, our mission and product really, uh, we get a lot of champions. Like a lot of people have experienced this problem in the workplace, either as a leader that isn't able to fully like tap into their company's like their team's collective intelligence, they feel uninformed as a leader. They're in this truth bubble. And I think that pulling together angels who have so many different experiences in the working world and beyond just gives you so much depth as a founder in terms of um, potential advisors and intros and ideas. And I think that as a founder, one of the things that I think is like a superpower of mine, I don't know if this is like, that's the right word, but I think that that I'm good at hearing different perspectives and thinking about how to build them into 
the company or layer them in and, you know, really like thinking through those different pieces. And I think that um, a more diverse cap table is so compelling as a founder for a number of different reasons. So that was always really important to uh, both Noah and I as we grew the company. Um, but yeah, but different different types of experience, different levels of mentorship. And also because we're building like a new category and you know, we see this as the largest untapped opportunity in the workplace. Like we, you know, our, our vision is huge in terms of where the company's going and it's layered, you know, there's expert flight templates and there's things that we're doing with the data and the results. And so having so many different like um, experiences and perspectives around the table is so valuable, I think for any founder. To that point, and I want to get to a few different things, but one of the things you mentioned around with the flight templates and where you're going in terms of the big vision, just for people who actually have the context around this, like what is the big vision for where you think this is going with Balloon? Yeah. So our vision is really to unlock like all of the reach of unreachable data in the world. So all of the ideas, the feedback, the insights that are currently locked in people's minds or um, not able to be shared because of different kinds of logistical challenges. You know, in a meeting, one person can talk at a time. There's tons of hierarchy. There's tons of bureaucracy. How do you break through all those different cognitive biases and create a space for people to actually be productive and to share information and share ideas and share feedback? Um, and so we see Balloon as being used by every team and every company in the world. Um, and that's and beyond that, you know, that's our that's our big our big vision. With that too, so those templates we talked about, the flight templates, those I see I mean, from the outside, everything I see is marketing. So I'm always just looking at it like, okay, what feels growth? So I can't help yeah. but say see that from that context. For yeah. those, how do those feel the growth of Balloon? Yeah, so we have partnered with 50 plus leaders, researchers, and experts like Adam Grant, Ariana Huffington, Daniel Pink, et cetera, et cetera, um, to co-create these templates. And these are high quality, open-ended question sets built into product. So as a leader, you know that you're asking the highest quality question, kind of independent of what that use case is. You know, you bring together a group, you're doing a postmortem or a retrospective. What are the questions you need to ask? You are creating a new product launch. Like what are the questions you need to ask at, you know, inception? Those different pieces. And so those templates were built to one, like solve kind of blank page challenge. People mm. notoriously aren't great at asking questions and the quality of question obviously um, directly influences the quality of outcome. You know, people come to meetings, don't really know what questions to ask. Um, and then also this influences what those different outcomes are across the board. We also saw it, of course, as a great distribution strategy for us because we're creating a new category, new space, and our template authors have um, different audiences or shared audiences. And so how can we build that credibility in the market? Um, and then also uh, build credibility for our initial champion within a company to bring Balloon in. So if, you know, a VP of product is purchasing Balloon and they bring it in and they're running flights that have all been authored by Adam Grant or Ariana Huffington, there's just a level of credibility there to a yeah. new product being introduced within a company. So there's so much to do there. There's also a lot around the same questions being asked to different companies and different industries and looking across that data and that information. Um, but lots that we're building there. I'm very, very excited about all of that. With that, if I'm a, if I'm a founder, I'm thinking right now of like, okay, it's so hard to get these partnerships like that. You just mentioned some names that obviously 
you can yeah. say they're they're great. They're great, like in terms of the, they're very influential. If I'm a startup founder, though, I'm like, okay, well, how do I even get those people on board? I am mm. a newer new company. You guys have been around obviously a long time already yeah. at this point. Uh, but for you, how did you that go around getting people on board, figuring out who you wanted to have on board for those templates? You know, who had the domain expertise, but then also who could feel growth? Just take me through how you were thinking more of that. I know we talked about the last time a little bit uh, in an interview, but I want people to have that context, especially who need partnerships in their in their startups. I would love to hear more about how you kind of thought through that. Yeah, I mean, it's a number of different things. So one is, I would say, like, a lot of it has compounded. So I think that a lot of it is, like, fertilizing and planting, <laughs> fertilizing, and then waiting to harvest. It Like, it takes time to build those partnerships and to have those really come to be. Like, there's a number of different things that have to happen. A lot of it, though, is around, like, hustle and push. You know, I can look back on some of our initial template authors and it took like 20 different paths to get to them, you know, with a lot of follow-up and a lot of introductions and a lot of strategy, you know, Hey, we got this article published in ink. Let's share that with them and see how that pulls. Or we got this template author on and we know that they've co-published or they were just on a podcast together. Let's see if they'll make an introduction to this other template author. So a lot of it um, is really thinking about how people are connected in the network. And then also, I think for any kind of partnership with someone who's really busy, which is everyone, <laughs> is, uh, thinking about what you can do, right? Like, how can you make this the lightest lift imaginable for that person? And yeah. how can you be really clear about your ask? Um, I think that sometimes people really just do not directly ask because they don't want to be assuming or they feel like it's too much. But I think the busy people really love just being directly asked. And you'll be amazed at how many people say yes or are willing to help. And the other thing that I think has been a really key learning and I think is so fascinating is how people are um, motivated so differently. Like yeah. some people really care about the company's trajectory or the reach of their templates or getting data from their templates. Others, um, you know, are more motivated about like, uh, like their external reach or a broader partnership. So I think not making assumptions about how people are motivated is really, really important and being flexible in terms of how you think about partnership structure. But I mean, I think like the, the the short answer is like it takes a lot of hustle, a lot of push, and a lot of confidence to get yeah. in those doors. I just want to highlight one thing you mentioned there around one making a low lift as low a lift as possible. And that's very important. And having that clear ask, because I come across that on like Twitter or an email, people want to partner with you, whatever, but there's no, yeah. if it's not clear, like it just gets skipped or you just don't look at it. If it's not something that's a relatively low lift. You're just not going to be able to get, especially from your, to your point, like people who are so busy. I mean, everyone's busy, right. but especially if you're if like someone who has like half a million followers or something, like right. you just you have inbound requests constantly. So thinking about how you can make it easier for someone, it gives you that in and makes it really simple. Even for like podcast stuff, I think about how like, okay, half an hour with people, I make it known that it's literally going to only take a half an hour to other yeah. people like to get that lift. And so like that, I just want to highlight for founders because I think it's really important that you mentioned that. Kind of switching gears a little bit here, thinking about the future of work where we invest at Vitalize, something we always think a lot about. You have these kind of insights almost into different companies and how people think about that. Yeah. And I know we talked two years ago, you're kind of just thinking about COVID and how that affected things, shifting from you know kind of this in-person to virtual. Yeah. What have you seen on that front around how balloons use maybe differently now than it was, you know, even two, three years ago? What have you yeah. seen with that in terms of work? 
Oh, it's so interesting. I mean, I think, I mean, a few different things. One is, I think that companies are really realizing that there's not going to be a full return to the office. And I, you know, I know big companies are starting these hybrid, you know, people in for two to three days. And we're seeing this across our customer base. And even with that, like people are defining when to meet and how to meet and how to collaborate differently and how to build inclusive collaboration processes for people being in on different days or different time zones or distributed and like what that all means. So I think there's a lot of attention around async uh, collaboration, lots around psychological safety, like how can people be included and heard in different processes? How can you build transparent, open companies and cultures? I think all of those pieces have really um, have like become true. I think before yeah. it was like, this is going to be different and this is what we think is going to happen. But now I think it's like, it's, it's a truth. It's a universal truth. You know, we're seeing people go back for multiple days and seeing some of those different parts happening. I think on a balloon front in terms of some of those shifts in terms of usage is we're just seeing it be so core to companies and how they collaborate and how they operate and needing to hear the voice of their employee, needing to gather insight. And I think that some of that is still just at the beginning. Um, you know, I think whole, like the entire company is thinking about async. It's not in these different pockets anymore. Um, and I think we'll just see that continue to evolve. But I do think that there's like a certain level of stability that's happening now. And people are not talking so much about what is going to look like, but what, like, what is it going to look like? And more, this is what it looks like. Yeah. And like, yeah. we're there. And like, this is what we have to handle and deal with um, as a company. With that too, I mean, with this switch kind of, and I know I have friends who also are the two or three days a week type of thing, like. Google, I think, has an optional couple of days a week, whatever it is. Yeah. All these different styles and everything. With a company like Balloon and what you offer, with you know, getting, gathering data on this, is it something where I'm just kind of curious with how you're going about this? With companies, do they do they want to use this to save them time? Like, what's the use cases? Like, you mentioned a lot of different companies are coming to you at different stages, even like massive companies, yeah. smaller companies. What is the ROI they're looking for from something like yeah. Balloon? So a number of different things. And I think it depends kind of on the use case and who the buyer is, but I think it's kind of at the intersection of a lot of different pieces. So one is time saved. People are still having too many meetings. And I think that even in companies that have deliberately reduced meetings or put forward initiatives to do so, they're still having a hard time of having really productive collaboration. Like how do you really bring together cross-functional teams and groups to collaborate in an effective way? So I think that's one piece of it. I think another piece of it is just how do you unlock the collective intelligence of your team or your company? Like how do you get the highest quality information, like the most nuance, this unreachable data, because people need to always do more with less. You know, it's like, um, how do you make sure also that people are heard and engaged and included um, in different processes? I know that retention is on the minds of every leader in every company right now and like the face of like, you know, the great resignation and people yeah. leaving and needing more from their workplace. And um you know, people asking questions around why are why are people leaving, you know, and how can we better define work life balance, those sorts of things we're starting to really see on on platform. 
let, I'm just curious as to how with you have insights on the questions to ask and these templates yeah. that you can follow to get, you know, you mentioned all the things you just mentioned like two minutes ago with running your own team. And as you've built the team balloon, yeah. how to use that with, internally with your own team and how does that dictate kind of how you run things? Yeah. So we use balloon a number of different ways, uh, retrospectives, planning, lots of brainstorming, um, like some question generation for balloon business classes, new product ideas that we surface. Um, and those are really common use cases for our smaller, um, like fast growing kind of startup customers, like lots yeah. of brainstorming ideation, um, are really common retrospectives, marketing language ideas, naming ideas, those sorts of use cases. Yeah. And I know we're almost out of time. So I just want to give you an opportunity to say where yes. people can yes. learn more about Balloon. Where should they go to connect with you and learn more about Balloon as well? Yeah. So you can find us at getballoon.com, um, Balloon platform across uh, social platforms. Um, you can also reach out to me at amanda at getballoon.com. And as we almost wrap up completely, one more time, thank you for being the first company that took a <laughs> chance on us by Los Angeles as well. Uh, thank Thanks you again for, for having that. us as the first company. It's such an honor, and we love the work that you all are doing. You've been so wonderful to partner with. I appreciate that. Hey, thanks for listening. If you want to learn more about us, head on over to Vitalize.vc. You can also follow us on Twitter at VitalizeVC, or you can follow me on Twitter at JustinGordon212. Have a great day and I'll talk to you in the next episode.